talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello, hello. So, how's your life been? Oh, just dandy. Dandy. Perfect. Just fine. Just going along. Excellent. Well, we are in the throes of January, talking about 70-degree uh, weather to 30-degree weather, literally within yes. 24 hours. That's, what's li- that's what living in Florida is like, isn't it? Yeah, people... Especially the panhandle. Yeah, people listen across the country may not think it actually, but it does. It, it really does. It By the day, there could be a 40-degree shift, yes. um, which is perfectly into today's topic. What is happiness, and how can I find it? Because I think a lot of people, the, the their circumstance determines their happiness. And I think that living that way is a really sketchy way to live because your circumstances seem to change by the day or mm. uh, sometimes by the hour. So uh, that's our topic today. Thanks for joining us to Messy Christianity. Let's go ahead and jump right in. How, do you, how would you define happiness? What is your uh, best definition? Hang on. Nope, nope, we're recording. Okay, sorry. I looked and I thought, oh, no, it's not recording. Being happy is when you know that the recording is actually going. You, Amen. You don't do a whole 30 minutes for for not. But we got smart, finally, a year into this, and yes. we now have a backup recording. So if number one fails, we got always two. have number two. Yes. So what, what is... What is happiness? Is that the question? Yes, what is happiness? <laughs> How would you define it? Man, that's one of those words. I know what it is, but I've never actually defined My it. My dad used to say, son, happiness is seeing your mother-in-law's face on a milk carton. Mm. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> of course, we, he had a great mother-in-law, so he was totally joking, and we always mm. laughed at I have a great mother-in-law as well. You um, better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in case Sonny's listening. <laughs> but but happiness, uh, is it a feeling? Is it a state of being? How How would you define it? Both. Okay. Yeah. I think from a biblical perspective, we tend to go and discuss what's the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness tends to be the situation, the moment, whereas joy is more the intentionality of of a thought process, enduring even though times may not be what we would consider happy. And then you look at the the media and movies and things of that nature happiness is the is the joy it's the bliss it's the you know the twinkling in the eye it's the new car type of yeah. of of lifestyle which for honestly the vast majority of the people in the world much less the united states that's not if that's how happiness was defined for them there would be nobody really in the world that was happy yeah, so could we say that happy is predominantly feeling-oriented? Is that a, is that a accurate that, statement? Yeah, I think that's fair. And we do live in a culture that has promised that good feeling through uh, any variety of ways. You know, marketing, that's what they buy this, you'll be happy. Do this, you'll be happy. You know, so I, I, mean, I echo that, Brent. That's, that's what we've... You know, the flip side of that, though, is growing up... Um, I remember multiple lessons and sermons of um, God does not guarantee your happiness. He's wants your holiness. And there's truth, yeah, in that. there's truth in that. But I think maybe we've taken that message so far yeah. that it's God like, does not want you to yeah, be happy. Yeah, right. It's like that's be a kind miserable of, scoundrel. Yes. Yeah. And I even think about all the, you know, most of the 
the portraits that we've seen of Jesus over the years. He's always that stern faced, you know. There's one out there, I don't remember who did it, but it's a laughing Jesus. I've always liked that one. Like, huh, probably Tony Campolo, is my guess. No, don't know what he wasn't. Shout out Tony. Yeah. He wasn't the uh the artist, but no, actually, um He was a word artist. I think I saw that I read that in a Philip Yancey book, believe it or not. So hmm, way that back makes in the sense. Day. Yeah. I had a laughing Jesus. I looked it up. Well uh, that yeah. actually reminds me as you're speaking about that, Kevin, of I was one of the kids that grew up in the church, been there my entire life in some form or fashion, and as I was taught the Bible studies or stories and read the Bible stories of Jesus, I remember as a young young adult coming to the aha realization that some of these were probably written from a comedic point of view, that Jesus had a sense of humor when Mm -hmm. he was sharing the parables or sharing the stories or how they were being recorded, because I had always pictured in my mind, because, you know, you know, back in the day, it was the felt board, and it was the pictures, and it wasn't ever the smiling Jesus that I saw and understood in Scripture. And then when I started to realize and and read Scripture from a different lens, from that different perspective, that in some of these instances, Jesus was cutting up and laughing and having a good time, it it, kind of changed a little something inside of me from my perspective of who Jesus was. It wasn't just a stern yeah. face pointing the finger, because that's part of how I was raised. It was yeah. in in my home, that's kind of the approach that was given to me from my parents. It was the finger pointing is don't do this, do that, right, right. wrong. And it was never just the, the warm embrace and the joy of life. And so that was kind of my perspective mm-hmm. of Jesus. Jesus was never happy. How could <laughs> he be happy? He knew he was going to die on the cross, you know? And that's not an accurate interpretation or portrayal of... Of the think, gospel itself. I think it's a fair statement to say that that ultimately, above all, God's desire for us is our own personal holiness. But I think when we answer that question, like, does does God want you to be happy, and we answer that with a no, I think that's a really wrong answer. It sends the wrong message. I mean, it, I, I, maybe that's a can of worms here, but does God want us to be happy? I, I would say that it'd be okay Do to Do you want with your yes. child to be happy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So could we replace the word happy with satisfied or content? Because yes. I, I would say that the two are the same, that to be happy is to be content. The, yes, because— Well, maybe the well, same. But close. They're close, but, but at, at the start you said something about— and a lot of it's semantics, but our, our definition, I think, that we live by with happiness being a feeling— uh, we have defined happiness as circumstantially based yeah. over the years. And yeah. so when you get into contentment, and I can't remember the other word you just said, but that is coming satisfaction. from satisfaction. Satisfaction. That's coming from a I deeper place. I can't get place. any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, and I've like, tried. Shout out tried. to uh, the Stones. Yeah. I think it's Rolling yeah. Stones, yeah. <laughs> Before I was born, by the way. Side, um. side squirrel. This is completely a squirrel. <laughs> Previous church I was at, we had a gospel quartet. That's what you get when you get two ADD preachers in a room. We had a gospel quartet family, and their name was the Stone Family. And on our big billboard out front, on the streaming and one of the electric signs, it said, The Stones in concert this Sunday night. So I had one of my fellow, uh, hey, Jamie Strange, if you're listening. Jamie, buddy. He he called me, dude, y'all booked the Stones? Yeah, come on out, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. Oh, man. Anyway, um, yeah. So that was, I told what, you that what was. What were we saying again? I was a, well, contentment, contentment, satisfaction, yeah. that is a deeper place. And uh, happiness can flow from that. It's an easier path for it to flow from that, honestly. If, um, you know, what, what, is, what is it? Uh, if, 
delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires, desires of your, your heart. heart. Yeah. So, but the key to that is delighting in the Lord. So that's so, the deeper place. So maybe happy is a feeling um, that does bring pleasure, but 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 there's a place that we can go as humans that is deeper than happy. Yeah. So happy maybe is not the goal. Happy is just a uh, a, a condition that varies back and forth. Um, and happy does oftentimes depend on circumstance, but I think for some people, and I, and I think this is actually the healthy way to be, it doesn't depend on circumstance. It depends on perspective. Because yeah. you, you can still be happy in a horrible situation. You know, my, my, one of my favorite sayings is it could always be worse. And the mean, flip side, you can be in an incredibly good situation and be unhappy. Yes, I mean, yes. We have multiple stories yeah. of that. So it, it the, the deeper level is so key to that. And and I so we've heard it before. People experience this great high that should should be this amazing feeling. And what do they say? It just doesn't feel like I right. thought it would feel. Yeah. Right. What were they, What are they saying? They're saying they built this up to be the pinnacle of feeling of happiness. Yeah. But it, it leaves something lacking, and I think that is where satisfaction comes in, mm-hmm. because it just didn't quite measure up to what you thought it would give to you. Yeah, you're, you're propping up, you're leaning on on the wrong thing, and, and this this idol that was out in front of the whole time just didn't live up to the hype. Um, but isn't that truly the world we live in, where there's so many promises of of honestly look at it that that is what. That is what commercials, that is what marketing promises, satisfaction. It doesn't promise yeah. you a product. It promises you satisfaction. That truly is the appeal of sin itself. Yeah. yeah. The sin that so easily entangles is the sin that we want to gravitate to because of the excitement, the pleasure, the, the satisfaction, the happiness that it promises to produce. And yet through that, it, it in some instances, creates a euphoria for a short period of time after which the euphoria and the high, as Jeff mentioned a minute ago, wears off, and then you're, la- you're, you're left with the dissatisfaction and the unhappiness. And so what's the option? Go try it again. And that, I think, really ties into the whole addiction. I mean, addiction truly is yeah. uh, tr- this, this aspiration for more of the euphoria, which tends to get less and less and less each time you go toward the addiction, whatever the addiction happens to be. It promises great things. It never delivers. Hmm. Your threshold for uh, satisfaction or, or the feeling of euphoria rises with each time of in entertaining whatever it is that you're um, dealing with. So it takes more alcohol to get you mm-hmm. that buzz. It takes more Coke to get you mm-hmm. that feeling. I'm speaking as if I know what I'm talking about. I don't. But, but any addition. But, but yeah, shopping, but any addition. Yeah. Shopping, food, money, making cake, money. Yeah. 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 Anything. So um, what about when Jesus said, blessed are the, and he's really saying happy are the, you know, mm-hmm. the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the, the, uh, the poor. Yeah. That, that's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? Because he's saying happy are those who are in a situation that you shouldn't be happy. Yeah. Happy are those who have less, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what does that tell us about the nature of happiness and maybe the nature of finding happiness? And the reliance on the Lord in the midst of that, because even in the Beatitudes, it was not 
you know, happier those who are poor. It's happier those who are poor who have the right, deep I relationship. Totally that. No, right. but 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 that really is because we can look at any section of scripture and say, well, I'm I'm in a bad situation. I should be happy about this because that's what Jesus said right here. And it's not about the sitting. It's not the happiness in the situation. It's this, it's the happiness in the fact that there is this deep relationship with Jesus, with God the Father, and with the Holy Spirit that truly brings that satisfaction and that. That um, that help and um, the desire for even more of that, and it tends to be, and we've seen this in our culture, when you're in greater need, tends to be when you gravitate toward relying on the Father, which mm-hmm. gives us more of the Father in our heart and our life. And yet, uh, as as you spoke a minute ago about being counterintuitive. In our culture, the more that we have, the more that we desire the things of the world, the less we tend to be in relationship with God, and therefore those things don't satisfy, because ultimately it's only Jesus uh, through the Father and the Holy Spirit that satisfies. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess it would be no surprise, though, that in that same sermon, uh, the next chapter over, Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33, um, Seek ye first. Seek first Mm -hmm. his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added. And and in the context of that whole sermon, he's talking about the temporary versus the eternal. Who are yeah. you who are you looking at? What is your what is your goal? What is your purpose? Right. And he's constantly pointing people towards, okay, this is what the world offers. This is what I offer. If you'll come to me, you know, he didn't say it here, but he, but he said it elsewhere. I will be the 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 living water. I will be mm-hmm. the bread of life mm-hmm. that Jesus is all sufficient. <laughs> I love the way the um, uh, I can't remember Eckridge. That's my king. Is who's it? Who? Who's, oh, oh. Let, yeah. Oh. I know who you're talking about. I I can. That's my king. That's my king. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who I'm talking about. Google it. People. Yeah. Go oh, to YouTube. Man, look up. Powerful. That's my king. But 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 I I keep hearing that phrase that he uses. Oh, sufficient savior. Yeah. I mean, just and that's true. Yeah. Jesus really is an all sufficient savior. And sufficient seems to be a weak word here, mm-hmm. but it's a powerful word. Yeah. Because if, if there is sufficiency in Christ, it means we need nothing else. I think you're, you're on to something specifically about that word sufficient, because I think in our culture, when we hear the word sufficient, we substitute just enough just to get enough. by. That's right. That's right. So it's just enough meat on the plate to satisfy my hunger. It's just enough, you know, money in the in the bank account to uh, pay the bills. And therefore, if God is all sufficient, then He gives me just enough of what I need to get by. And in our world, just enough is not enough. Yeah. It it never satisfies because I want a little bit more and. There's that. There's that rub. So, it, it's, that's I think is an example of one of the words over the course of time that history has started to erode away the original meaning to being all sufficient, meaning I got you back no matter what, versus I'm barely giving you enough to survive. And that's not what it's saying, but that's kind of how, how we read that in our culture today. Yeah, and I don't know anybody that says, you know what I want? I want just enough food. I want just enough money. I mean that that's never really the the true desire for somebody, um, but even God Himself, when He talks about uh, asking the Father, you know, I will give you imme- or I, I'll show you immeasurably more, yeah, exceedingly abundantly. Yeah. yeah, that is that is sufficient. 
but it's like it's a totally different definition of yeah. sufficient than Overflowing. what we have yeah. made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bring your tithes in a storehouse. That be reminded that that yeah. you might have, you know, you only have enough room to receive it. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a this is a generous, gracious God. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have made God generous and gracious when it comes to stuff and finances, but not in character. In that. I'm talking about yeah. specifically the prosperity gospel. We've reduced God to a rich uncle or a, a benevolent grandfather who his sole purpose in in existence is, or the thing that makes him most happy is when we have a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I think if we talk to um, fathers of the faith or just believers throughout history— <laughs> who have undergone extreme persecution, their testimony would be, I would give what I received through his presence mm-hmm. every day over any of the gifts that are temporary. Money, power, houses, things like that. Does that make sense? It does. And I think we also are fighting the the <clears throat> polar opposite of that within our culture as well, because there is the move of the minimalist mentality yeah. that God's only going to provide just enough yeah. uh, to get by, and that way you have to rely on him more. And there's truth in that, in that that we understand he is the sole provider. One of his names, his attribute, is the Lord my provider, and he will provide, but then the minimalist uh, mentality is it's just enough to get by. So it's it's kind of like the, the very opposites. It's either we're, in one ear we're hearing he'll give you everything plus a little bit more, and then on the other ear we're hearing, well, it's barely enough to get by. That way you can only rely on him and nothing else. And truly it's more of, of the middle ground is what I tend to see in Scripture is, is, is as some of the verses that we've been this have been mentioned here already that he provides over an abundance uh, of of gifts and lavishes on us, but it's more than just the the financial. It's more than just the temporary. It is with the presence of him as well, which is kind of what the, the missionary friend you were talking about said. I'd rather have more of, of the presence of God than than more of the material. Yeah. So I think there's there's that there's that commonality that there's extremes on both sides that we have to watch out for and not gravitate toward because the the middle road is really wide in this particular yeah. area. It's not a I'm on the fence and it's going to be to the right or to the left type of thing like a heaven or hell type of issue. This is a a wide range that God does lavish His love and His kindness and His blessings on us, but it's not a get rich. You know, Jesus yeah. is my homeboy, God my my back pocket money manager as well. Anytime we have extremes, which we've had in in our circles over the last yeah. I mean, our well, lives, but, but yeah, but there's <laughs> a, there's a strong pushback anytime there's an extreme, and I think that's what's happened with the uh, the health and wealth, the prosperity gospel is there's been a strong pushback and needed to be a pushback from the church, yep. but the pushback itself can send the wrong message. I think that's what yep. you were just saying, yeah, absolutely. It's, because God is a blessing God. I, I, I do believe exceedingly abundantly, but but the question comes down to what is the more? What is the more he wants to give us? Well, it's it's more of himself. But yes, God can bless me with a new house or what. I mean, it, those things can happen, but I'm not putting it out as a promise. You know what I mean? That, that that's what God is going to do. But but what he's really saying is he wants to give me more of himself, you know? Yeah. I mean, we read the scripture that the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
And then we live as so another way, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, you're you're right. There's there's a danger in the in in the two extremes, and it, and I think by nature, when we hear an extreme, our tendency is to push hard, push hard. That's extreme. But you know, a comment that's kind of a side comment to that excellent point. We should, as humans, be better at listening, truly listening, rather than just defending. Because there might be a little truth in what's being said. Even if it's too far, Mm -hmm. there might be a little something that we might Mm -hmm. could learn from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we put up our defensive right away, we we totally miss the opportunity to to hear any of that. Which is the essence of what James was was writing in chapter 1, of be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, is that that idea of I need to listen because I might actually learn something. And if I'm talking so fast that I'm not listening, I'm not giving ears to the Holy Spirit to be able to listen to what it is that he is saying in me, to me, through me in that specific situation. I think I would be very comfortable saying that um, God gives us according to his love. So what we need, whether it's much or enough or what seems like not enough, it's based on our need. So if I'm thinking of uh, food, right, Mm -hmm. and if my child is severely overweight, I'm not a good parent if I give them potato chips and Cokes and candies and things like that. It might be making them temporarily happy, but I'm essentially killing them in the process. So because I love them, mm-hmm. I'm, going to, I'm going to withhold yeah. the junk, and I'm right. going to withhold healthy food right. quantity-wise to try to help their body get into check and, and start to, to lose weight. So they, they, they can't eat 5,000 calories of ribeye and, and broccoli and mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you can do that. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manage the quantity mm-hmm. and the quality based mm-hmm. on my love for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the way God responds to us. Mm-hmm. I would I would tweak one word. Okay. It's not based on his love for us. It's because of his love. Because if yeah. it's based, then then there's room for, well, he loves you more than he loves me. Yeah. And it's not. It's it's across the board. It's because of the love. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's an that's a important point. Um, but I think his love for us, even though his love for us it is the same. I mean, he loves all people yeah. regardless of color or whatever, uh, economic status, position, nationality, but at the same time, his love for us is individual in that he, he, he we're the ones that are different. Mm-hmm. So his love is the same, but how he loves us is different based on where we are. Because mm-hmm. if somebody comes from a very unhealthy past, they're going to need something different from God. That, that's the, well, his demonstration, the yes, way that, right. the yes, way that he demonstrates he his love, correct. Yeah, right. yeah. So if, if I adopt a kid into my house and that kid was abused all of his life, yeah. I'm going to treat that kid differently right. based on my love for that kid than I'm going to treat my own kid who's grown up in a relatively healthy, safe, secure kind of house because right. that's what they need. And I, and I think that's my point. I think that might be our point is that our happiness is not determined based on what we so much not so much on the exter- circumstance, but it's based on perhaps our perspective of who God is. Mm-hmm. So I would say the the healthier re- relationship we have with God, the healthier our happiness is. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, that's, that's fair. maybe maybe oversimplifying it. So then, what is the difference between happiness and joy? 
if happiness is could be loosely labeled as your 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 feeling or uh, maybe an expression of an yeah. inward reality, isn't joy something that is deeper, yeah, more deeper of a state held, of being? I would say so. Yeah. So happy and joy aren't opposing, but but they're also not synonymous. Happy, I, I may be wrong on this. Happy can come and go. Joy can be there the whole entire time, mm-hmm. despite the the worst of the worst <clears throat> circumstances. Yeah, well, the Scripture tells us that Jesus, I think it's Philippians, <clears throat> through the joy set before him endured the mm-hmm. cross. Is yeah. that Philippians, maybe? So, wait, joy and cross in the same sentence? Yeah. How's it's, that possible? It's the intentionality behind the thought. It's I'm, I'm choosing to focus and glorify and honor God through the difficulties, the happiness. I'm not happy because I'm in pain right now because of an ailment, but my joy is that it. I, I am in a deep personal relationship with God, and that, that brings joy to the essence of who I am regardless of the external situation. And we, we've used this example before, but it's the idea that there's three aspects to our life. You've got the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And if the spiritual is resonating in the joy, then the emotional happiness is affected. And and the physical is affected because of the health, of, the positive health of the spiritual. Yet if the spiritual health is in a negative state, the emotional and the physical, when things get tough, are not going to be easy to manage and handle and are going to be more difficult to to come out of that. And so the joy, the way that I think about it, the joy is more of the spiritual level, whereas the happiness would be more on the emotional and the physical level. All three are important, but the spiritual should be the foundation. It shouldn't be at the top of the structure. It should be the foundation of the structure of who we are. And if that's healthy, the rest of it can can so, can balance and and uh, make it through the storms a little bit easier. I know time is probably running short, but I, I, I did want to say, to, okay, so um, to the person that really is in that situation right now where they're just feeling completely beat up by life, and they're like, okay, you guys have just talked all this time, and but I'm just feeling... I, I, yeah. somebody's walked out on me, I've lost my job, I'm poor, I'm, I can't eat, you know, whatever. They're just bad, bad, bad. I think that's where the physical and the spiritual really come into play. Um, this is probably another topic, but short term, like you're in that situation, I think spending some time on the physical even could be a good place to be for somebody like that because that is going to help your spiritual. And so physical, get enough sleep. Yeah. Um, if you're having trouble sleeping because of your mind racing, you take melatonin. I mean, but you got to get enough sleep. This is where actually exercising would help. This is where eating right would help. This is where taking a walk would help, clearing your mind. All those things. Medications that, could help. Could could, could yeah. help absolutely. Could be an emo, uh, a chemical imbalance. Just going on. getting out. You know, the, the the one that's really depressed and just spending all that time in the house. Just making the one step physical act of getting out and taking a walk. Those little steps can help the physical, but the physical, like you said, they they all tie in. So. You're trying to restore that joy of the Lord as your strength that's spiritual, but sometimes the physical step is is a way to get out of that. Because, you know, somebody may be listening still, and they are they really are in that place. We've just kind of talked from where we're yeah. at in our lives. We're ups and downs, but, you know, not too terribly bad. But somebody's in a dark place. It's a different thing. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that brings to light a whole—it is a whole other conversation. Topic, yeah. But toxic relationships, I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. You know, if you are in a toxic relationship, probably need to get out. Shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's an issue of boundaries. That's mm-hmm. an issue of 
uh, taking back and owning what is yours yeah. to own. Yeah. Um, it's, it is amazing to me how oftentimes people will allow a relationship to totally dominate their life, and that person who's allowing that has 100% of the power to change it. There are circumstances in our lives that are out of our control, yep. and there are multiple circumstances in our lives that are totally within our control. Or at least partially. Partially, yeah. yeah. I mean, Did yeah. I at least have a role to play in that? Yeah. So control what you can control, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes you got to undo those things. I mean, it, it, golly, a no, whole nother podcast, but toxic relationships, habits. I mean, there are so many things that we put ourselves in the pit. Yeah. Um, so, and, and goodness, for the one who's there, take a small step. Take a small step. Just one step can make a big difference. One walk around the block. It's a start. You know? I was watching um, <laughs> with Shannon. I think it was called 1,000 Pound Sisters or something. Oh, my. Yeah, it's a, I think it was a lifetime. or I, I don't know. Shannon was watching, and I sat down, and it was it was peculiar enough that I was yeah. my, my, inter- my curiosity was piqued. But in that uh, show, um, one girl was 600 pounds. The other girl was 400 pounds or 408 or something. Anyways, what you just said was was they mentioned that or the one sister mentioned that to the other multiple times. Just walk to the dishwasher yeah, or walk to the TV. Don't have somebody else do it because nobody else can do it for you. Yeah. You've just got to, yes, it hurts. Yeah. Yes, you don't feel like, or no, you don't feel like it. Yeah. Yes, it's easier to stay where you are, but if you stay where you are, it's going to kill you. Yeah. And you know, that that's just a... Oh, in-your-face example of the reality of where people... All of us. All of us are, yeah. You are where you are because of either what's been done to you or what you're doing to yourself. But we're, we are the result of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean... So do what you can do, and then... Uh, but and do it. Do it, yeah. yeah. And trusting God. You know, yeah. joy, we didn't even talk about this, but but joy ultimately is a product of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy. Second part of the fruit yes. of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, pay. All of these mm-hmm. things come from a from a life that is surrendered to Christ and being filled with the Spirit. Mm. Um, but again, another topic for another day. Hey, we're at thirty minutes. That was fast. That was, that was enjoyable one. though. That was really yeah. good. I, I like got happiness out of that. If you're happy and you know it, thank you. <laughs> Brent apparently is not happy because he did not clap. Hey, but don't worry. Be. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much. Uh, I hope we um, completely and totally opened a can of worms for you. As you probably well know, if you've listened to us for any number of times, we are really good about asking questions, about stirring things up, and not necessarily giving you a final conclusion, but that's by design. Yeah. The design is, or the hope is, that we would stir up in you a hunger to know the th- about the things of God, and that you would seek Him for your ultimate answers and truly find your sufficiency in Christ Jesus or, mm. or find that Jesus Christ is totally sufficient for all of your needs. That's not really just a trite saying. That's not really something that we just preach and then we think something differently. That is our life. We yeah. believe it, and uh, to the best we can, we try to live it. So, yeah. Messy Christianity, thank you for being a part. Uh, please share this and subscribe. You will help us greatly to get the word out, and we hope we're helpful. We will see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between.
you want to know more, check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.